podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good evening, welcome to Talking Reds. It's your full-time reaction show. It's me, Chris Bragg. It's Matt. Talking Reds? No, it's Talking Cop. Oh, I, knew, I was going to do that. I was going to balls up at some point. Sorry. Start again. Talking Cop. It's me, Chris Bragg. You can Thank tell you. I'm wide awake. Uh, got Matt here and i got Chris with me. Um, all in all, the fact that we fuck up tonight was me doing an intro, Matt. Fuck, that's gone quite well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, I found that to be quite a nervy second half. I'm not going to lie. I found that to be uh, a slightly nervy second half. But hey, you're through. That's all that matters. And uh, we got one hell of a goal to talk about. So, yeah, yes, it was. Um, I'll stick you for one second, Matt. Lineups. Don't forget anyone had that one, did they? No, that no, that's uh, that's considerably stronger than uh, I think pretty much anybody was expecting. I mean, Kelleher, yeah, I think you probably would have gotten maybe three out of the four defenders. Gomez, Matip, and Kwanzaa, I certainly thought would all start. I thought Chambers might get another go instead of Simicast. Uh, Endo and Jones, I think that they were pretty much nailed on to play. Gakpo and Elliott, yeah, but I mean, Sabaslai and, and Mo from the start and Mo for the whole 90. Nope, didn't see that coming. Kevin, you've got to come back, mate. I, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, that's why I asked Matt to host instead of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Chris, were you? I was all right with the lineup because um, I can't like if, if we start the youngster with Kwanzaa and Kelleher, I kind of feel that's a little bit too much inexperience for an away game. I feel like that's possibly setting up a young lad for a bit of a fall there in Chambers. So, but listen, it's quite nice to see Liverpool going for it. I think they've got an inkling. Bournemouth were going to go quite strong, and they did, to be fair to themselves. Yeah, look, I mean, I think there's no getting away from it. The weather affected the entire game. And I think the last time we were streaming, I was banging on about some sort of rhythm. And I thought there was actually quite a lot of rhythm in places on the pitch, uh, certainly with not players I would have expected it to be. But I think the weather dictated a lot, uh, which probably, you know, for me, it was a game that was all at most seven out of ten for a couple of players and a lot of fives but uh it, it, it worked in places i was very surprised i uh, like i know i'm jumping the gun as usual but like i wouldn't be gomez's biggest fan ever but i thought he was really That's good tonight except he had all the time in the world under a on the right hand side for the first half and just it's a pity he couldn't deliver better but yeah it it, it was it, it, it was a bit of a surprise. It was a halfway house between going full squad and uh, trying out, you know, players who aren't going to get as many minutes. And look, we we bossed the game. They were just looking for counterattacks. And yeah, it would have been nice if we had got three, four for all the play we had. But uh, I know what Matt means. It was nervous. But I mean, it was it. I'd only be nervous in that kind of throwback where you've watched the Liverpool team have a lot of ball, pass a lot, and just not finish. And then all of a sudden, you're sucker punched with a draw. But no, I did. Considering everything, as I say, the weather looked horrendous. And uh, First half, the keeper couldn't kick it past the halfway line because that's how bad the wind was. It was going sideways. Yeah, it, I mean, there was one of his kickouts around, I don't know, 38 minutes, their keeper. 
And it literally, it took off and it looked like it should have landed 20 yards inside the halfway line and ended up 20 yards back in there. You could literally see it stop and come back. So all things considered, special mention, as I don't give 10s, there's no such thing as 10 in life. A nine to the fans. For 1,300 fans, that is some, in that weather, and I just, they were exceptional. You know, so yeah. Look, it's it's not going to get you jumping out of your seat all the time, but it definitely worked in a lot of places more than I ex- I would have thought when I saw the names. And uh, yeah, next round, it, it comes down to the draw. So, you know, Klopp's good. obviously taking it serious. Yeah, yeah, which is good. I mean, Matt, I think we you made a chat start of the season. Where do we think? What do we think of the squad? Where do we think it will be? We we were sort of both going. Well, you were like they're going to win every game because that's that's just how you are, Matt, and and that's fine. I think I was more like, I think it's top four battle at the moment because there's too many unknowns in terms of we hope certain things will be better than what they are, and one of the hopes was, well, we hope Gomez and Matip stay fit and they can at least play a bit of a part. That because they, to be fair to them at the moment, you're just not worried about them. They're both starting more than we ever expect them to by this point of the season. I'm looking like the players that we sort of wanted them to be. You know, Gomez, to his credit, um, Chris was right, he had, the, he had the full freedom of the half, first half. Second half, he had to dig in defending, you know, cleared one off the line, he had no chance with the, the equalising them. And I just thought, in general, he played really well. And I thought Mike Greet mate, did well. I'll be fair to him. I thought Simicast was solid, defensively did well. I think he plays a good part in the, the second goal, which we'll come to in a minute, because I think he makes a very cr- cr- crucial clearance, which leads up to us getting the second goal. So, you know, it's a back four. I thought we did really well. We're, we're going to spend a good 10 minutes talking about Kwanzaa because, you know, there was a lot of talk yes, about um, Chelsea, who, I'll be perfectly honest, before we linked to this summer, I'd never heard of him. Never seen him play before in my life. And now you sort of looking going, maybe we've actually got one of our own here that, you know, maybe we just didn't even know enough about or give enough credit to. But um, first of all, I just sort of find it, I thought it was... An entertaining first half. Both sides had chances. You know, both sides... Well, Liverpool should have scored more than they did. And Bournemouth definitely should have done. They had a couple of really good chances. Thought Kelleher made a real smart save. Um, early on. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like it was going to be a pretty comfortable game. I mean, coming into it, I was obviously my typical bullish self with my prediction. But I obviously don't pay attention to the local weather reports for Bournemouth. Uh, so seeing, <laughs> seeing like cool. the way the wind was just lashing that rain down was unbelievable, and it became pretty obvious pretty quickly that it was going to be it was going to be a different type of game. Like just the the inability. I mean, the first half they posed so little threat because they couldn't just move the ball long. Like they were forced to try to play out from the back because anytime you tried to play it long, it just died in the wind. We collected and recycled and went over again. Uh, I really quite enjoyed how we lined up. Because with the lineup that came out, there was a few question marks of, you know, where would Sabasai and Elliot play? And again, like, I didn't expect to see Mo Salah playing up through the middle. That mm-hmm. that one took me rather by surprise. Sabasai playing on right wing. I, little tinfoil hat, but I'm wondering if Sabasai went to Klopp and asked to play. With his playing on the right wing, lining up and going against Kirk as his national teammate there. You know, yeah, in the week before, he said... Uh, you know, he told Kirk as he better pray that he's not going to play in this game. Didn't really come to fruition. He didn't really need to send that sort of Hail Mary out because obviously I didn't have the best game. But 
Uh, who I thought did really quite well playing out of that right side at eight role was Harvey Elliott. Going forward, he just looked lively. He was getting on the ball, cutting inside, and he made a fair number of really, really incisive passes in the first half that just cut through the Bournemouth lines and just seemed like we were going to struggle to find that kind of end ball, that final ball to come through for us. But, you know, eventually it gets there in the end. But I didn't I didn't feel a lot of threat from Bournemouth in that first half, if I'm being honest. Yeah, they had two two big chances I can I can think of. One was where Sops like to caught on the ball. He, it's a cross come show, which um, Keller, to to his credit, was actually quite sharp too, and gets that. And I think the other one, not long after we'd scored, uh, he gets put through on a counter attack and he bends it wide. They were probably the, the two best chances. But outside of the goal, Sops like as a shot from distance, which is just wide. I think Mo has a similar sort of chance. So I do wonder because a lot of people would talk about you know. Why has he gone stronger than normal? Partly maybe because of who we were playing, and they probably got an inkling Bournemouth aren't going to play the kids. But is it also because it's it's the Wednesday, it's uh, Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday? It's quite big gaps, which is kind of Champions League sort of gaps. And they're going, well, most of these lads are used I, to that. Whereas I still if think it was a, if it's Thursday, Sunday, they might have gone, mm, that's too tight. That's where you got to rotate it a bit more. I mean, it certainly changes. To be fair, I I still think uh, I know like. It sounds crack. I still think Klopp's trying to play to get a rhythm going. It's I know we're we're clocking up results, but I, I honestly think there's a, a search for for some sort of rhythm. And I I thought the pace we played, uh, can, as I say, considering the pitch, considering the weather, it was quite snappy. It was just we weren't getting final ball or whatever. Gomez had so many opportunities to cr- create havoc down the right. And I'm not blaming him. It's just. He was in acres of space all the time. And yeah, it did. It, it, I think it's there's an element of trying to find a rhythm. And then controversially, it could be the farewell lap for Mo. It's a case of like, well, things are going on in the background. Let's just play. You know what I mean? Because I don't know. I mean, it, 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 I'm not singling him out, but it, it, I didn't think he was actually that great tonight. He didn't manage to beat anybody. Never looked like to me like he was going to score. So I don't know. I think it's a, an element of rhythm. Even like just literally, it sounds crackers using them as high level performance training games, so to speak, to get something clicking that yeah. there's no second thinking about passing. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think it's a little bit of getting rhythm back to side. I mean, I don't think Mo was great, but I'll be honest, I, th- I thought all the forwards were quiet. Like Matt said, yeah. Sopper Slide was quiet. I thought Gakpo. Goal aside, quiet. Even Darwin, we'll talk about it later. His goal's great, but he's quiet. And I think that's more probably because of the way people the way Bournemouth played. I thought Bournemouth played well. And actually, you can see what difference a win makes for them and you know why they'll be comfortably probably staying up this year. So there's only so much you can do when you don't have a ball. And we'll talk about the whole trend in midfield thing because I'm not convinced that worked. Um, I've seen a few of the chats saying, uh, he's saying moaning Jesus and did we get beat? No, but we're not also going to be happy clapping and say it's all sunshine and roses because it wasn't. You know, we're all happy we're through, but you know, we could talk about what was great, what was what wasn't great. You know, that's the idea. It's a new. Yeah, and I mean this. It this was this wasn't a seven nil. This wasn't a seven nil. It's not like there's an hour's worth of just things to rave about in the game. See, we could take take some time to try to be a little bit level headed because it wasn't a vintage performance by Liverpool in any way, shape, or form. I actually prefer this window to a 7 0 because it, it's shown they can grind results out. Which again is just take a, take off the things that we go in like, well, can they win a tight two one? You know, yeah, we do. Okay. And to be fair, we're fairly comfortable for once we're two one up. We keep it we keep it clean. 
uh, you know, we don't don't have masses to worry about. I mean, their goalkeeper also helps us, which we'll come to. Which is, I love when a goalkeeper comes up for corners and it, but it absolutely balls out. Made a great block. It was a brilliant block. <laughs> uh, Spoiler, Matt. Let's talk about let's talk about the opening goal. All right. I mean, uh, Elliot gets the ball again. He uh, he plays a great ball from the middle out to Gomez. Gomez slides it through to Mo. Mo plays it to Sabasai. Sabasai puts it off of Adam Smith out for a corner. Simicast puts in uh, an in-swinging corner. I'm pretty sure it was an in-swinging corner. It ends up coming down. Matip gets a tiny little touch on it, lays it off to Elliot. Elliot smashes it in and I don't know if it hits Gakpo. I couldn't quite see on the replay whether it hits Gakpo or whether Kwanzaa's trying to stick his foot out to stick the ball into the net. I think it was Kwanzaa trying to stick it in. Bounces off the keeper. Johnny on the spot, Cody Gakpo. Another one of our forwards just keeps scoring. Just keeps scoring. Like five forwards, and they're just constantly in the goals again and again and again. Yeah, I think for the reply, I looked at it. It looked like um, Gakpo got a flick on it. And it's a good save by the keeper, and then he gets gets the rebound. Uh, I saw, I think it was Andrew Beasley saying, that's either our sixth or seventh goal this year from a rebound. So again, just showing Liverpool are a bit more alive to these sort of reactions, which is, which is good. It's what you want. You know, and gave Harvey Elliott, you know, he missed a sitter at probably a few minutes earlier. So he, again, he has a contribution. It, it feels this year that Paul, I was using a Kwanzaa got the flick. It felt like someone got a flick and it was a reaction to it. So, you know, that's what we needed. And it kind of settles you down then. I think that's now either 128 or 129 games now that Liverpool have led at half-time and not lost. So it, yeah, that, also, that also gives you that air of confidence of like, even when they went 1-1 going, we'll, we'll probably still go through because it's aged since we've... I think the last, if it actually was Bournemouth was the last team we led at half-time to and lost, you know, and this was in the, in the carriers well, and that days. So it's a long time. You know, I enjoyed confidence. I enjoyed it, but the fact that we managed to score a goal from five yards... You know what I mean, it was like somebody's in there because outside of Jota, we generally, you know, it's not exactly a position we have been racking up goals from. So I'm, I know there was deflections of all, but somebody with was awake to it and smashed it in. It just means there's people there. Um, yeah. I sorry, I'm just gonna go back. Like I'm not specifically moaning. I'm not going, oh, this is not great or whatever. It's just I. I think, you know, when you follow a team, especially through the recent years where we've been absolutely lethal and exciting, I, I just, you know, you have a compare and contrast. So I'm not saying, I'm not moaning. We're true. It was definitely more comfortable than the, the scoreline suggested. But all I'm just kind of saying is that it's just in places you, you, you would like it to tighten up a bit. And I have a funny feeling we'd have an easier time because... When that rhythm comes in, you're less worried about going into big games because the cl- the team's ticking over. I'm not saying I specifically, uh, you know, oh, this is not very good, or I can't. We're, we're not united. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So we'll come, we'll come to that. Yeah. Look, so half times one nil. We're all pretty happy. We're all happy. You know, back four. You know, has performed well. You know, Gerald Kwanzaa game just gets better and better by every game. Both fullbacks are solid. The Matip is that nice, calm influence you want next to a young um, centre back. And do you know what? I thought Keller, because I don't think he had a great game, Keller, in his last outing against Toulouse, but he definitely helped that, that sort of game held. And also, it's a tricky conditions. So, game makes it makes it easier for him. Midfield wise, I thought again that Endo was his usual solid self. You know, did the job, uh, lots of tactical foul. You know, 
I think Jones was more of a cock in the machine, a bit bit more of a genie performance. And Elliot showed his flashes. So it's what you kind of want from eight changes. It's not going to be fluid, but I thought in general, Matt, were you happy half time or thinking one nil away from home, shitty conditions? You know, it's all you need, isn't it? Yeah, I was I'd say the only you know, bugbear I would have had at halftime was I thought that Sabasly was having quite a poor game. Uh, and it's, I guess it's hard in retrospect now I'm thinking about it, that he was playing in a different position. He just didn't seem to be getting back and involved and in the buildup of the play as much. But of course he was playing on the wing, not in midfield. But yeah, no, I, I just thought it was tidy. I really feel like every time we see Wataru Endo, he just gets that little bit quicker and smarter on the ball. Like he's realizing when the ball is going to be played into him in a dangerous position. And he's taking a quick look over his shoulder so he's not getting caught. And just the more game time he gets and playing with the players that he's with, I mean, no question. I'll say the standard thing. No knock on Stuttgart, but I mean, knock on Stuttgart. We've got better players than he played with at Stuttgart. Mm -hmm. I, that's just plainly obvious. And so he's just learning that he can be that little bit riskier with the ball, play it that first time around. And I thought some of the link up in that middle of the park with our midfield was actually looking quite solid. And I mean, with the exception of the fact that we had to uh, turn around at halftime and they got to have the wind at their back because it was pretty that. obvious that it was going to be a long ball onslaught for the entire second half. And just before that, I know, uh, Goldie, you sort of said the same sort of thing. 36 minute. I really got the feeling that today was going to be the day for Joe Gomez because he did seem to be getting <laughs> he seemed to be getting into space. Sabasly and Salah were really taking the attention of the defenders away. And Gomez just kept popping up into space. And I'm picturing him getting the ball on the corner of the box and just lashing beautiful shot into the I've top corner. To I've told you about he's goal. scoring the winner in the cup final. That's his only goal he's scored for the but he's going to be in a cup final. That's that's the Joe Gomez thing. That's what it's going to do. So, I don't think it's ever going to happen. Probably not, but it'd be great if his only goal is a cup file winner. That'd be perfect for him. But it, it was so odd. He was turning up uh, non-stop. It was like every time we played down far out to the far right, he had all the time in the world and Bournemouth never went out to close him down. But yeah, I, I suppose it's ingrained in your head. I'm not going to try a pop from here when I've got Mo Salah, Gapko in the middle. You know, or I'm going to pull it back out to the edge of the penalty box for Elliot or somebody. So, yeah, no, he 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 owned the first 30 minutes. He had the field to himself, but he just wanted one of them to go as a really, you know, a a, a goal scoring assist cross. But it just yeah, it was, he had it. He he had it. that was his opportunity, Matt. That was his yeah. moment. Now, we can just keep building on this, you know. Hopefully, we get yeah. a little lucky with the draw in a few minutes here, and we get poor we'll uh, or somebody like that. We'll, we'll probably do a one-hour reaction show if Joe Gomez scores. I'll be honest; it'd be well worth <laughs> it. Um, but yeah, second half, you know, with the wind blowing into Callahan, you know, they clearly their shoot on sight policy. Because you know what? Just see what happens as the wind catches it. You know, and I think they had a corner where, to be fair to Joe Gomez, he does well to clear off the line because. The wind catch one of their corners, and I just think it's going to fly in top corner. But just before they scored, I think Mo has one chance where he heads it just wide. You're thinking probably should do better, but if we're being honest, I felt when they equalised, it felt like that goal was coming. I thought they started the better, but they were a bit quicker on the ball. I thought we were a bit too playing around the ball a bit too much at the back. Probably the only criticism you could say of Gerald Kwanzaa at times is he's really confident with the ball. He's 
comfortable running out with the ball. Just sometimes he probably holds on for that little minute too long or, you know, that one pass too many. But he's a kid, so, you know, no one, no one's perfect. You know, if that's the only thing we've got to quibble over him, you know, there isn't a lot wrong. But I sort of felt the equaliser was coming. It's frustrating. Chris, guys, yard out. One marked at a corner. Obviously, Joe's stood on the line because he's there to clear off the line if it, if it happens. But he's probably yard out. He's got. He's, he's just hoping it hits it. But that's probably the only frustration is a bit of a sloppy goal, really. Yeah, well, I, I mean, Bournemouth had a few chances in the first half. Uh, set pieces and that kind of weather, particularly with uh, the ball. I mean, they nearly, thanks to Gomez, they, you know, they could have had another goal. But the, the ball behaviour uh, with the wind or whatever... But having said that, like you know, it's it's the great cliche: one nil is a dangerous lead, and the lot the more we weren't putting away chances. Like to be honest with you, even with fifteen to go, I would have not been surprised if I had it went two all. So mm. you know, again, I put it out to weather. I would have a few issues with some of the people, you know, that that, that were starting and playing. So yeah, you're always that- you're always on that risk. Yeah, I mean, Matt, just before um, they scored us, we made a triple sub. We brought on on the Elma. Uh, Nunes came on, Trent came on, and McAllister came on. A little surprised the ones who went off. It was just the whole midfield. Just the whole midfield. midfield. Let's put a, brand, put a brand new midfield on. He's like, all right, okay, we'll stick Elliot on. Just, you know, Elliot just got moved. So yeah. You know, like, you're like, I was a little surprised. I thought, oh, okay. I, I actually, actually Gakpo was going off because I thought he's coming back from injury. So, Probably saves them. And I generally assumed this is not my anti Simmercast thing. I just generally assumed, or oh, Trey will go right back, Gomez will go left back, and Simmercast will get half hour rest because he'd be playing at the weekend. You know, mm-hmm. kind of doing an hour Simmercast and half hour Trent just so, you know, he's already fit left back to so keep him sweet. But I was like, oh, okay. So we're going to see Trent, Trent in the six, you know, with McAllister one side of him and Sofa's line the other. How did you think Trent, Trent in the six thing worked? For me, Bit too, bit too many Hollywood balls. Kind of not, wasn't that type of game. Kind of just need to keep it neat and tidy. Not sure well, I, I would counter that and say that about my favorite thing that he was doing was, in fact, some of the Hollywood balls, where the ball was just bobbling around in that mess between our defensive third and the middle third, and he just hoofed it out and just let the wind play tricks with the ball. He's putting crazy spin on the ball with the way that he's able to kick it. Just let it go up there because odds like in that game the balls that we were pumping forward in the second half a lot of them wasn't the first header one because the ball was behaving so strangely in the wind because it really seemed like it was gusting there was times where the wind would kind of go down a little bit and then it would just come right back up to like i think they said it was getting like 60 mile an hour winds out there mm-hmm. so i thought apparently, that was fine apparently, I paul, I mean, t- apparently paul gorsa said liverpool's flight home's been cancelled because of the weather yeah that's, that sounds about right <laughs> It's, that, that, that does sound about right. As long as they're not taking a boat, that's fine. Just drive home. <laughs> uh, everything will be fine. I, I like the players that were coming on, but it was a real head scratcher in terms of where we were going to line up and how. I thought maybe just maybe a little three at the back because we were so under the pump at that point. Like mm. you said, Mo had that header from Elliott's basically his last uh, contribution in the game. But other than that, the first 15 minutes of the second half was just, it was coming, it was coming, it was coming. So it wasn't a huge shock when the ball ends up going into the back of the net. And I looked at those changes and was like, that doesn't really scream close up shop. You know, Darwin Nunes, Trent and McAllister, 
I could see McAllister, but then you take Endo off. So you figure that's just a straight swap. So the Trenton midfield thing, I don't know if it was the game for it because Hmm. like in that first 15 minutes, I mean, even basically for the entirety of the second half, they just, they were all over us. I mean, credit to Areola. He, he has to know that he's under a little bit of pressure because of born missed results, but he, I thought he did a masterful job of taking advantage of the weather conditions in the second half because they pressed the life out of us because they knew that we wouldn't be able to get the ball. Like Kelleher had a goal kick about a minute into the second half and it, went to the halfway line and then went all the way back to pretty much the edge of our box because the wind was so strong. So we weren't going to be able to just hoof the ball out without immediately turning it over in an awkward position because now the ball's, you know, coming back at us from a direction we don't expect it. So we were playing up from the back and like you mentioned, you mentioned Kwanzaa. I thought he was so composed on the ball, you know, a few times he held it a little bit, but I mean, he Cruyff turned a guy on the, on the uh, sideline. In the 17th minute, he got the ball in our box. This is in the first half when he could have just lumped it long. And he dribbled around two or three of their players. I Just supreme confidence on the kid. I, he had such, such a good game, I thought. But yeah, those those changes were a bit of a head scratcher. And it obviously didn't work because shortly thereafter, they scored. Yeah, so I think Nunes, yeah, so, so that's for Nunes, Nunes' ridiculous goal. I think ball off the ball, they get across it. I'm pretty certain it's Simakas who cuts in it, clears it. It's a good clear. It's a good clear. I'm almost certain it's Simicast. Comes to Trends, who pumps it long to Nunez. And what makes this glorious, not only is the finish, is the Bournemouth fans' reaction. So it's a terrible first touch by Nunez. <laughs> yes. And the, 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 the usual pantomime villain, way, you know, hey. how shite. And then literally gets the ball, cuts, in, cuts inside and just bends it, Chris. It's a yeah. ridiculous goal. That's now. Three and three for him. It's seven goals, four assists so far this season. It's ridiculous. Um, Anto Chell points out Nunes averages a goal involvement every 55 minutes this this season for Liverpool. It's just outrageous. No, you're you, you're bang on. The, the, the comedy timing of the sound of the uh, home fans and then whatever way I looked at it, because I was watching on a computer screen. I was like, has that gone over? Or is that gone between the keeper's hands? Or has that actually gone in? And then it was mm. the penny dropped. So then the silence was just magnificent. It's going to be a perfect meme. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I mean, it's a great goal. His first touch is like, again, I'm getting stick in the chat. It was, you know, weather related. Uh, but uh, the recovery and then just... I think probably, you know, he hears that noise and just goes, well, stuff you, and just mm. goes, right, I'm going for this. I'm lettering it. Just to go back to Trent for a second, because people love the fact that apparently I moan. I, I He didn't particularly bother me in any of the position. The I only thing I, is, he should get a fine. He should get a fine. He should get a fine when we broke five on three and he decided oh, to go Hollywood. Shot. Yeah, so just slip, it left, slip it left as two there. Oh, sure, if he's doing that from fullback, it's not weird. You can't let him off. As a fullback running through, you know, fine. If you're playing centre mid, that that's kind of where you know if that was Sobosly or McAllister, we'd be saying the same thing. Shift it left, yeah. shift it right. You know, the options were there for you. I mean, Liverpool as a whole, the last two or three games have been a bit rubbish. Um, counter-attacks and, you know, not picking the right pass. 
Probably cops at the, but it was just it was so wide it was he could see the two to his left and one of them was closer and then it was wide open field to the right you gotta just you know I, I don't know who it was on the outside but I know first was Mo and it could have been the Elliot goal all over again where he doesn't go for it and lets Mo hit it and it was just go on pass 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 and boom yeah anyway uh, no Noonan look it, 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 I think any Liverpool fan even if you're not sold on him, just loves the trolling element of him getting better and better and better. And yeah, it was a cracking goal, especially after such a Nunes first touch. Mm. You know, it, it, it's going to be in the highlight reel of the night in the roundup. So, Matt's just a big game player now, isn't he, mate? He's a, to well, me, he's well, an every well, game player. He's yeah. the person I think I'm most excited to see play for us like as much as Dominic Sabasly has absolutely taken all of our hearts by storm with just how good he's been when he's come in there's something about the like redemption arc isn't even the right word because it's not like he had a terrible season last year Anthony had a terrible season last year Nunez just had a good season so 15 goals in all cops something like that wasn't you know yeah he he had a, he had a higher scoring debut season for Liverpool than Sadio Mane or Luis Suarez did. That's not I mean that's pretty good company to be in. If we end up if Darwin Nunes ends up being talked about in the same breath as Sadio Mane, let alone Luis Suarez, that 85 million rising to 190 trillion that we apparently paid Benfica for him will be money well spent. Money well spent. It's just I got to say this Everybody last year, I was guilty of it as well, too. Maybe not everybody, it's a blanket statement, was all about this agent of chaos thing, this agent of chaos thing. I think that needs to stop completely and totally because I watched a South American broadcast package of our highlights of Nottingham Forest, and they call him La Pantera Darwin, and that nickname is fucking awesome. So he needs to be La Pantera (laughs) from now on going forward. Because he is. I mean, he's quick as a cat, and he's absolutely lethal. And, I mean, that goal was gorgeous. Just absolutely gorgeous. And from a tap-in on the weekend, which is where you want your number nine to be, to being able to do something like this goal or the two against Newcastle where he's taking the game and saying, look what I can do, absolutely shutting up all the doubters. Just get on board. Nobody's mad if you were anti-Darwin or you thought he was a flop or a crap player. It's too late now. The train is in motion. Hop on board because this guy is going to be some player for us. La Pantera Darwin. Yeah. My next tattoo. <laughs> Getting that across my chest. <laughs> the other thing about Darwin for me is, for me, it doesn't matter if he starts or, he, or he's a sub. He makes a positive impact either way. Certain players, you know, suit starts and certain players, you got know, the more of an impact. So he's the all-rounder, whether he's starting games or he's coming off the bench, he will always make an impact. Because I've seen a few in the chat who saying, like, you know, we should start him every game. You know, he's not going to get to this level if we keep rotating him. I think that's the reason you have a squad, you know, where we have five strikers, we have five forwards, because they're all scoring. You rotate them. And you don't want the own situation where you play him every game, every game, every game, but he's he's knackered because he's overplayed. And then they never recover from these sort of injuries. I think I think the way Klopp's using Nudos for me is perfect. He's used been enough that he's getting loads of goals, but not enough that he's putting too much workload in it. Because we all know what Klopp does. When it gets around March time, and if we're in a running, he has a, he has 13 lads and pretty much those 13 lads play. 
and nobody else gets a look in. That's his run then. He goes, right, that's my running team. Go. Up until now, you keep rotating, keep rotating. You know. Um, we we also have to remember, he's relatively speaking, literally a kid. We are, we haven't even seen, uh, he's got under working with one of the best coaches in the world now. And he's still a very, very young man. There's not many teams in the, the higher echelons of leagues around the world who have somebody of his age. And as I say, as Matt said about the stats, this, you know, the stats don't lie. Sometimes when you're watching it, you, you know, it doesn't tend to equate to what you read later. But no, I, 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 he doesn't look like the kind of guy who's going to be getting injured that much. He certainly doesn't look like somebody who's disinterested or whatever. That's been the thing last year and this year. Is he does pick up quite. He does pick up a few niggly hamstring injuries, and he has missed a few years with a niggle here. That's why he did start Spurs. And he was due to start Spurs. Yeah. With a niggle, you know, I'm used to saying here, um, Nunes is a conference player who needs who needs consistent starting. Obviously, disagree with me, uh, and follows it up with Nunes is an emotionally sensitive player needs a solid foundation of, of starting. I think the other thing you're missing is you don't think Klopp talks to these guys and says to him, also. Games now, they might have added time we're seeing now, but like 100 minute games, most games are 100 minutes. So they've all got plans going. Your plan in this game is you're going to come out at this point. I want you to do this. Like the Newcastle game. This is what I think your impact is. Bang, he does it. You're, you're the headline act. You know, this is where I need you for. All the games, but I need you to start and then come off the game. Because, you know, Jota, Jota can, is unlucky not to start every game at the moment because at the moment, I don't know about you, Mike. It feels like Jota scores every game he's play, he plays in at the moment. But you've got to rotate them at some point. You know, Salah feels like he scores every game. We can't play all five of them. Eventually, you've got to, you've got to rotate a little bit. I mean, what a, what a great problem to have. Yeah, exactly. It's a nice problem, isn't it? Yeah. And to be honest with you, another thing is, it, I, like, I'm not disagreeing with the comment, but, you know, if somebody is an emotional player, sometimes people actually play, a little, play better or perform better angry. So if he's feeling a little bit hard done by, you know, maybe he's a guy whose personality suits having a bone to chew on. I don't know. I mean, we can't start five. Yeah, we can't start. Well, we can, but it'll be a fuck. It'd be, a, it'd be an interesting game. Well, Three at the back. Yeah. All right. I mean, <laughs> if, if, if we all agree that Darwin is an emotional player, and this goes to what Goldie said, and I think it would be my uh, my honorary mention for man of the match. Damn, do our fans love chanting Nunez, Nunez, Nunez oh, to yeah. him. And it seems like yeah. it just gives him like a shock of electricity to him. Whether he's taking a bad touch or having a bad miss or absolutely pile driving the ball into the back of the net. Our fans love Darwin Nunez, and I think he absolutely thrives on that. Yet nobody's getting on his back. You know, there could have been, you could have been hearing murmurs in the ground and stuff like that after a poor first season. But no, it was none of that, especially at Anfield and especially on days like today where it was like Bournemouth's home crowd just were completely muted. And it could have been the placement of the TV mics. You know, it might have just been that they were miking up the away fans so much more. But ah, great atmosphere yeah. by the players. And he just seems to completely thrive off of it. Yeah, but, you know, saying Anthony in the chat there saying, uh, I don't think that's the case. He looks quite relaxed and he keeps smiling. He does do. I think they yeah. all look relaxed. You know, if the cup, now listen, if the cup final and they're not starting, yeah, they're all going to look a bit, a bit annoyed there. But that's, let's worry about that sort of stuff if we ever get. If we but get I, I think, like, just to finish on it, like, I mean, Liverpool fans, 
you know, they, they, they stand out with generally not going along with the line. So, I, you know, I think there's no doubt there's an element of Liverpool followers who watch the press take the piss out of them and whatever. And, you know, everybody, fair enough, it's banter where they, they lay, on, lay it on thick about when stuff's not working out. And as Matt said, since I can remember, didn't matter what was happening, the chant goes out. And it's a real, like, yeah. Stuff you, you know what I mean? Well, it's, and, it's a it's a rallying cry, like yes, yeah, yes. Just get them. That's it, man. Get the yeah. tattoo as well, G. Yeah. La Pantera. <laughs> so can we finish so with the funniest part? Of the, can we finish with the funniest part of the game? So it's ninety fourth minute. Both have a dangerous free kick. Uh, silly free kicks given away by um, Graffenberch. Keepers coming up. Oh, we've seen this game before. Let's see what happens. Falls back to the ball of player, and it's a great block by the keeper. Wish he fucking stunner. it, but it's stunner. Stunner. And you just see it. It's that like shoulder that shrugs are like, ah, oh, sorry, lads. I'll go back and go. The best bit, he even <laughs> spread himself in his attempt to get out of the way. He actually spread. Now, man of the match stuff that was. Because the, the commentary I watched, they done a big up about the fact that the keeper was going up. So his moment was written. But it just uh, not as a defender. But it was a brilliant spread. He, he and it wasn't a handball. So, what a defender! Matt, who do you want in the next round? Do you uh, know who's in the next round? I can give you the list if you need it. I mean, it doesn't really matter. I mean, the Ev would be nice. It'd be nice to have the Ev. I mean, obviously, you want Port Vale or Middlesbrough at home. You want the easiest that, path possible. I, I, I will. I'll be honest. I want Port Vale at home. I'll yeah. openly say that's what I want. Yeah, of course. I mean, why why wouldn't you want that? Uh, but just before the absolute comedy of bringing up your keeper and then playing a short free kick routine, which made absolutely no sense, their 88th minute and uh, 93rd minute, Jarrell Kwanzaa, two absolute key interventions in the game. 88th minute, they're swinging across into the box. He's got Kiefer Moore, who's just come onto the field, big, tall guy, strong in the air. Oh, yeah. And- Kwanzaa wins the header, puts it over the bar, you know, in the danger zone. Just calm, calm, calm as you want. And then 93rd minute, they're looking like they're breaking, and he slides in, kicks the ball out for a throw in. Just the little things like that that speaking ah, of, he is so impressive. Speaking of keeper ball, I forgot about this one as well. About six minutes to go, danger free kick. Wide <laughs> right, wide, wide right. So you're thinking, right, we know we're going to do it. They've got Solanke, they've got keeper ball, the big big units, whip this in, aim for a header. Perfect. Priori goes, that's really wide right, about 30 yards from goal. I'm going to do a lob for it. I have a crack at this. And it goes so high and so wide. And we just zoom in on Keeper Moore's face. He just like looks at someone like, are you kidding me? Chris, Seriously, I thought you were talking about go. what happened a minute later when <laughs> Keeper Moore has a one-on-one and running against Kwanzaa and trips and he calls over, over his own feet. <laughs> And then halfway for the appeal, shall I, shall I say for a, a foul then goes, I just fell over. No. Yeah. But yeah, the trial, I mean, if I was a, um, if you were born, like, you want to kill Triori. He's like, oh, I'm just whipping in. They, I, I think they lost, I think they lost a lot of their threat from their set pieces when Alex Scott went off. I, I was he really impressed well. by him because there was a lot of talk around him, you know, as this next, you know, a promising young English midfielder. And he makes his move from Bristol to uh, Bournemouth this year. And he picked up an unfortunate injury at the start of the season. I think he might have played in their first game. 
because I don't believe he played against us in the league. No, he didn't. No, he's, he was. I, I don't believe so. But his uh, it was him that almost scored the uh, what I've learned now is called an Olympico, a Douglas Louise straight from the corner. That was his corner mm. that he whipped in, and then he of course put the ball in that Cliverd headed home. And when he got taken off in the 80th minute, when they made their uh, double substitution there, that really took a lot of the uh, this thing away. Because, like as you said, Triore, I mean, a hell of a rugby conversion it would have been. Yeah. Honorary mention as well, a game changer. I, I know I mentioned it at the start, but I don't think it came up again. Gomez's header off the line from the corner. Very good. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. That that moment he was running back could have easily headed into his own goal, or whatever. Big moment that the momentum could have changed. I felt anyway, and I thought that like again, I'm not the world's biggest fan of Gomez, but you know, there when it counted and a very difficult clearance. Yeah, done the uh, job. Jerry Sims had the Kirkus do a right back. I thought he played well. Yeah. Um, again, he looks another one that I don't think will be a bummer for long. I could see him going up the leagues quite quickly. So I thought he did. I don't know what I think. We've got a few. You know, a few good players there, you know, they'll do well to keep hold of some of them, especially Alex Scott. Yeah. I can't see them keeping hold of him for long just because he's played really well. Right, so hopefully the draw is going to come through in the next four or five minutes, so we might hang on for that. But, Matt, who's your man of the match that's not Gerald Kwanzaa? Ah, oh, that's unfair. That's, yeah, because <laughs> really we're, all, all, we're all going to see Gerald Kwanzaa, I think. So, uh, right, we saw because you're drilling. I would say Magic. I would say Magic then. I, I thought, yeah, just... Being that steady hand there, it was why when I was thinking about a potential lineup before, I, I really want to see Kwanzaa get these games, the, the League Cup games and the Europa League games. I think he's really going to be able to build on it and save us. Somebody said $40 million earlier. <laughs> it's more like $60, $70, 80000000 million. We're talking a young English center half, and it's pure profit on him. But the idea of having Kwanzaa and Luke Chambers make up the left side, that was like, ooh, that's pretty inexperienced there. So having Simicast there and then having Matip on the other side. And it's, you said it at the top of the show, Chris, you know, uh, early in the year, we talked about what we need to be successful. And after the transfer window slammed shut as it does in trademark fashion, and we didn't end up bringing another defender in, I, I'm pretty sure I was on a show with Kev. It might've been after a show. And I said, like, we just need some luck now. We just need luck with injuries. Yeah. If we don't have that extra body in, we just need Kwanzaa to not be a Billy Comedio, Seth Vandenberg type. We just need him to be able to play some games, and we need to get lucky with the injuries. And sure as shit, Joe Gomez and Joel Matip have been available for every single game. It's Virgil, Kanate, Trent, Robertson. It's our strongest starting four. All of them have been – I mean, Virgil was through suspension, but they've all been missing for one reason or another. And Joel Matip and Joe Gomez, the old reliables – they're there to go again and again and again. So the fact that you told me I can't take Kwanzaa because he is the rightful winner of Man of the Match, uh, I would give it to Joel Matthews. Yeah. Chris, who's your Man of the Match? That is not Gerald Kwanzaa. You're going to have to clip this, uh, Gomez. Fair shout. To be fair, that's what yeah, I, I, I had Joe Gomez written down for me as well, actually. And to be fair, I would have actually given Sibakas and Rubens Grace still he was solid today, defensively. Ella, 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 Ella. If Harry he's still, still, he's still, he's still annoyed everyone with his natural inclination to go backwards, but I'm at that point now thinking it just feels like he's been told to do that. Chris, did you run into Simicast in the week in Liverpool? I know, Is that I, why I you had the... Kept, uh... I also text Kev saying, he's got a black eye, it wasn't me. That's <laughs> 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 nothing to do with me. And I, I think wonder what happened there. That was, I it's a beautiful black eye. It was yeah. a decent one. You know what I mean? 
was good. He still looks half asleep anyway. But I, mean, I just think that's his natural look. Well, if you yeah. yeah. with yeah. a black eye, they'll have to keep it going. You know, once it starts to fade, they did it for Halloween. Pop him. Yeah, but it's his Halloween costume. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, there's no point in me expanding on Gomez. Uh, to be honest, uh, I'd say, I've said it, this is my third time saying it, would not be his biggest fan. Loved the, the fact he plays for Liverpool and everything. And I hope it all gets better. But I just thought tonight, solid. If one of his opportunities to cross had led to a goal, he definitely would have been a man of the match. But he was in the space, kept going there, ran all night. I can't remember any kind of lapse where you know a short pass or something didn't come off, and just the goal line save is as good as a, a goal because Keller was lost in it. It was curving in. He was running back. So yeah, Gomez, you can clip it. <laughs> uh, I, Matt, I'll send you. This, I'll say you kept set for this already. Um, if you've not, if you've not seen it, there's Whopper and oh, it's good. It's here. Uh, there's a video clock of his back through his post match sit down, and he's looking beyond the people and it's got them as someone says apparently if he sees them at United score flash up but he's just like oh <laughs> right <laughs> and then he goes oh right more camera <laughs> but it's sort of like oh because let's just talk about the other draws because did you see the Newcastle lineup uh no no I didn't because it came out uh, when uh, we had started uh, right I'll give you this Newcastle lineup because when I saw the two lineups I was like on paper, you're going. Newcastle are going out to Man United because the Man United lineup looks stronger. Newcastle had a lineup of uh, Dubravka in goal, Livermento right back, Kraft, who I forgot was there, Paul Dummett, I forgot was still there, and a new kid, Lewis Hall. So it's quite an inexperienced backline. Sean Longstaff, Matt Taggart was playing in midfield, despite the fact he's a fullback, and he went off after five minutes. Joe Willock was first start of the season. From Matt Ritchie, Anthony Gordon, and Joe Linton. That does not scream to you strong Newcastle side. That screams to you as if we win, so be it. I don't care. The United back four they picked was strong in the back four they picked against City. Delot, Maguire, Lindelof, Red Leon, Anana still in goal, Casemiro and Mount, Hannibal, who's looking not to get sent off, whatever, Anthony, Ganaccio, Martial. I'm sorry, that's that United lineup's miles stronger. Lost 3-0. Uh, they lost 3-0 yeah. mm. at home again, did they? Yeah. To be honest we're with start, you... We're starting since 1962, and I think last time they started this battle, they got relegated. So, you know, fingers crossed. I think, I think, uh, I think realistically, we're in very sad times because I think Q-Ball is going to get the sack. And um, that's going to make me very sad because yeah. I have so little going on in my life. I actually am watching the slow deterioration of certain well-known YouTube United channels as they sit there supporting Hag and it's the owner's fault. So the idea of cue ball being out of here before Christmas, uh, I'm actually sad. And this is but they I'm... apparently, according to the that channel, um, it, it he was literally in tears by 20 minutes and he's just clinging on going, no, I support United, I support United. It's, it's done. And... Yeah. I, 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 you know, I, I don't care, but yeah. I'm enjoying it. If you know what I mean. Um, so it's like knowing somebody that you don't really, you, you know, I don't ever like using the word "don't like," but they slowly get warts, and they just keep spreading further and further. And you just sit there going, <laughs> "You kind of deserve it." You know what I mean? I hope your hands go in your pants. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, this is where. <laughs> I, listen, Carragher loves to wind up Neville because it's fucking easy because he can't. This is where Neville misses the point, which is you can say you don't like the owners and there's lots of problems with the Glazers. And look, a lot of the points he brings up about the problems with the current ownership are correct. But where he loses himself is when I think Gav points out when he goes, Oh, you'll be saying this when you want FSG out. So you're like, Well, it's different. The, the reason people don't like FSG, some people don't like FSG is they don't think they put enough in to make the squad better. But the actual structure behind the scenes is actually quite is fine. You know, they've actually got a structure. United don't. But it can be both things can be right as in you've got shit owners, you have got shit owners, but the guy you're employing to be your manager is a bit of a dud. Because you can't blame the Glazers for the lineups he's picking, which are fucking wild, <laughs> which are mad. You know, you lose yeah. the game, you get your best striker off. Do you know what I mean? And he's even now saying it's not Ten Hag's fault that he's got all the players that he wanted. Because if you're a, his analogy was, if a kid asks, if you're a parent, the kid asks someone, you say yes, he can have it, then it's your fault. But he's he's still a professional manager. And he's he's also a grown man. He's not a yeah. child. He's a yeah. man. He's a pressure manager. These are the players he wanted. And some of his pick. Anthony, fucking garbage. £100 million spinning round. Casemiro. Yeah. There's the field now, Matt. It's like watching Liverpool last season. You just run through it. Uh, it's worse. There's nothing, there's nothing yeah. to stop it. There's no legs in it. You just run through it every Look. time. The, the, the weirdest thing is they've been in chaos since Ferguson and that that's grand. Again, it's not my club. I'm not absolutely getting the digs in. But I think this has now hit a new low because of the growth of fan channels, Neville's status within being a, a, you know, with all these extra channels now via the Sky thing. So the problem is before, at least normally, you just get a slow turn and say 60% of your fan base are like, yeah, we're onto that story and look, time is time. They just, they're at each other, left, right, and center. And it's either, you know, it, it's the owners. And then they're being told, look, you, you spent the most money of any club on this planet. So that kind of falls down. Neville, I, I, he doesn't massively bother me, whatever. But then he, he's got his agenda. Rio's got his agenda. Yeah, and at the background, you just feel they all want to buy into it. Because I think one of his big ones is they need to redevelop all the land around Old Trafford. Which, on the surface, that sounds quite reasonable. I have a look into who owns some of that land around Old Trafford. There might be a reason why certain people are saying they should be developing it, but that's real people to go and look into. But I would say not all of the reasons he wants things fixed are completely not for his benefit. And I can't believe that any of these people who've tried to take over Man United have not spoken to the likes of Gary Neville or Rio Ferdinand because, can if you want a quick win, he just put them as the head, the figurehead of the consortium. Yeah. It's, quite, it's quite a quick way. Well, I think, I think Beckham has tried to position himself that way. And with the Miami franchise, it makes sense. He would, but the, the, the bottom line, like what, uh, like I, I won't bring it up because I know Gav gets thick, but considering a lot of clubs, their fan base have, would have questions about oil money or estate being involved in a club. It's it, to me, it says how bad things are that they're lamenting that they didn't get taken over. And I think that's really sh quite shocking. Like, you know what I mean? That they are actually now moved on from, it's not only the owners, it's like, we'd be grand if a, a, a state took over us, but not Radcliffe. 
Now, it doesn't matter whether they, what they think he's going to be stripping it for assets. I think you're in a pretty low place where you think the future of your club is entirely based on a dubious owner. <laughs> like, weird, weird. Uh, uh, but apparently, according, according to the, the, the rumors, the legends, whatever way you want to put it, and it makes sense, can't afford to sack him. <laughs> I mean, they couldn't afford to sign Sophia and Amrabat on a permanent basis, and I believe he was only going to be about like twelve or fourteen million. I just had a realization while we've been having also, this lovely little they also, chat they about Man United. They also couldn't afford to sign Gakpo, Matt, which is why they ended up with the the other lad alone. Yeah. And that's why we got him. It's brilliant. Uh, yeah, I mean, Will Wakehorse was fine for them last season. Uh, I just had a thought about it, so. Remember Gary Neville put out his uh, his 96 uh, treatises he nailed to the door at Old Trafford there, and one of them was talking about building a Manchester United land? It no. made me think, when you guys are talking about, you know, building Manchester United land around the stadium and blah, 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 probably a decent idea except for the ridiculousness of having a theme park around your football stadium. But remember when Jurgen Klopp was out of a job before he came to Liverpool? And he was approached by Manchester United. And I believe his words were it was a bit too Disneyland for him. Did they include this as part of their package to sell the Manchester United job to Jurgen Klopp? Of like, Jurgen, listen, come to Manchester United. Within five <laughs> years, the stadium will be brand new. And it'll have a roller coaster that goes around it. And water slides, we're going to call it. Water Manchester slide United outside. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, let's be honest. We've seen with Jurgen when we go on these pre-season tours he, he fucking hates them yeah <laughs> absolutely hates them he knows they have to be done but he'd much rather just go to his training camp in germany for three weeks he'd be quite content with that but he's, he just knows he's not in, not in that world but yeah yeah oh, come, come on carabao where's this draw we want to know what the I mean, uh, uh, the the other uh, big notice and notable result from today is uh, Arsenal kind of got smashed. Hammer, hammer. I thought you could say Chelsea. Well, to be honest, that, that threw me more than anything. Chelsea. I honestly, I had, I had to put money on Blackburn getting an upset there. Yeah. And the Ed scored three. Oh, could be how shit at Burnley. It's no, very quiet eat. downstairs. The missus, lifelong gooner. It went silent after about 20 minutes, and I, I, I haven't walked into the room since. I just heard, we got hammered, and I walked all away. <laughs> like, yeah. I think, I wonder if I also started to pay the price a little bit for, I still am not convinced they have enough squad depth. Um, it's funny, know. I was just doing a little uh, lurking on some uh, Arsenal fan areas on the internet, and how quickly the mood around Eddie and Kedia has changed after his hat trick heroics and then he gives up the opportunity to score a fourth goal with a penalty and he gives it to Fabio Vieira and now he is absolutely shit and Arsenal fans are thinking that they should be starting Kai Havertz as their striker when Jesus isn't available and it was like did you not watch him play for Chelsea like it depends which Arsenal think there's quite a few arguments by him either you know uh it's a glorious own goal though by by uh Ben White with his uh fabulous fake tan new hair Oh, yeah. You had as well, you know. Yeah, 1984 so, again. Yeah, so let's see. Um, so, Fulham 1-3-1 against Ipswich, which first with Fulham, because Ipswich are doing pretty well, doing pretty well in the championship. Um, fucking hell. Even Ashley Young scored. That's when you know it's bad. Uh, Tarkowski, Onana, and Ashley Young got a very late goal. Bloody hell. You know. So, he's got he's got a little rhythm there. I'm candidate for Ten Hag. 
He's got he's got some um, West Ham have a, it, it's always the same West Ham. They always have a couple of flair players that are you know they're gonna they're, they're gonna keep any team ticking over. And I you know I don't think I, I I know that rumors at different times are just people making it up bone related to us. I I couldn't see it, but he's for that team he's a a danger all the time. Yeah, I mean they've got Mohammed. Kudus as well. He's a, he was brilliant at Ajax. Um, and obviously, we saw Matt. I mean, I know we beat West Ham Anfield, but we spent ten minutes of the show talking about Luis Paqueta because he was just yeah, yeah, Paqueta out, is outrageous. And if it wasn't for the yeah. off the field worries that he had about him, he would have been at Man City. And you could see why a Man City would want him because he's ridiculous. He's a proper player. He's a proper really, player. Really, yeah, really I, I think he's going to be on the end of a substantial ban. If what is if what was said about him, like the it's not just gambling, it's not just gambling on your own team, but gambling on little spot bets like I'm going to get a yellow card. That is oh. if that's if that's the case, that's bad. He could get a <laughs> humongous ban. So yeah, he's gonna empty the tank. I mean, he's doing what the Newcastle should have done with Sandro Tonali and just lay it all out because you might be having a long rest coming up pretty soon. Yeah, I go. Just so you know, Man United have I've now lost eight of the first fifteen games in a season. First time in sixty years. He's a record breaker. He said, "Hark, you gotta give him, gotta give him credit." So, ah, their fan honest. channel will be in melting. But see, like it, it's a win-win for the fan channel. They're gonna go over the top. It's like Arsenal FC at the tail end. It, it you know, I mean, there's not gonna be any support. They're just gonna rip into them because I mean, negativity. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, the way that. If we'd start with eight eight losses in our first fifteen games, I'll be honest. I don't. I think we'd have all been pretty negative. So I, I think they've justified to be a bit peeved. I would say. Uh, Jerry's asking any thought any thoughts on Max going your Eber Eberl Eberl. I don't know. Yeah, he's the um, he's a sporting director, isn't he? He's been linked with Liverpool and Bayern, isn't he? So I mean, they need to get that position sorted. Yeah, I don't. Really. And- I'm sorry. I'd like to think that I'm I follow the sport pretty pretty comprehensively. If anybody is saying that they know anything about sporting directors, they're full of shit. Who knows? I had never heard of George Schmadka before. He still might be a fake guy. That might just be a Harvey Weinstein impersonator that they walk around so that everybody doesn't think that Jurgen Klopp does all of the work on our transfers. Who knows? Paul Mitchell, sure. Michael Edwards, you didn't ever hear about him until he got credit for getting some of the deals done that we got done. So, like, yeah, I don't know. We need somebody in to do the job or we don't. I don't know. Like, honestly, Ralph Ragnick. I would take Ralph Ragnick in a heartbeat because that was maybe the biggest mistake that United have done in the last they couple kept years. Him sport, they should have kept him as a sport director because actually everything he said when he left a hundred percent bang on yeah a hundred percent bang on and then when ralph ragnick realized that he wasn't going to be listened to by the hierarchy at manchester united he chose to go and coach austria instead of being involved with manchester united so that tells you something it does oh Uh, yeah no he 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 turns out he was the oracle because i i listened to in the background um one of their fan channels talking about and talk about single biggest regret and pretty much it seems whatever got out about what he was saying seems to be line by line coming through yeah it sounds like he knew what he was talking about 
Yeah, if you ask about <laughs> God Diaz, forbid. Yeah, if you ask about Louis Diaz, look, we all know nothing. You know, I don't expect to see anything from Louis Diaz until you know the horrific situation with his parents is resolved. So, you know, there's not one much we could comment on it really because none of us know. You know, so it was hopes and prayers that you know his dad's found safe and sound, and you know. He can, you know, we can relax again because it's a horrible situation, not knowing what's happening. Very, very worrying. But you know, I, again, that's probably why most Salah started tonight because we've only got in the football world the four options. Because Ben Doak literally trained yesterday. Yeah. At Pep's Pep's uh, press conference, I think he trained once, so it's highly likely he's going to he's going to be used tonight. You know, hopefully they might use him in the next, in the uh, Toulouse game. That might be the game for him to get a run out because uh, that would have been a good opportunity for him tonight. Um, to give Mo a rest, but we are we are. Look, I don't think we're going to get this draw anytime soon, so do you know what? Keep it on socials. We've got a show tomorrow night. We've got um, uh, Gav and the guys are doing another Premier League uh, preview show. Post and talk about last weekend, and then I think Matt, you're back on Sunday, aren't you? Talking about Liverpool against Luton, the big Luton match. Yes, the yeah. the mighty away trip to Luton. So. Yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully the same thirteen hundred that uh, made the trip tonight can get themselves dried off and warmed up and back down to make another huge raucous atmosphere for us. Hope so. Yeah. Yeah, they uh, were I, immense. Yeah, I will be at Prince of Park watching Liverpool against Liverpool women against Leicester. So, that so that will be my stress levels gone before the Luton game. So, I think it's you and Kev, isn't it? Is you and Kev? Uh yeah, I think so. Hey, it's Kev. been a while since I've done a show with Kev. I know, I know. Uh, it's me, Kev, and Robbie. So I don't know who Robbie is. So I'm looking to that. Ooh. 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 For you. It could be Ragnick in disguise. That'd be great. I just sat off the post. I just have a chat about What's it really like? Tell me all about it. You know what? It could be Ten Hag in disguise talking shit about United. Oh, I'll just switch off to it. I'll just, just block him. Uh, right. Anyway, on that happy note, it's that's all, that's us on talking cop. I'll get the name right this time. <laughs> Finish Bob the park. Yeah, nobody knows this. Um, so it finished <laughs> Bob Liverpool two. We are on, we are in the Carabao Cup quarterfinals. We will talk about the draw whenever it happens. But you know, you know, I can't, I can't wait any longer. You know, it's, it'll be midnight for that by the time this draw is done. Until then, take care. Speak soon. Good night, everybody. Bye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.